Trinity Central. We exist to make God central to our lives and our world. You are listening to a recording of one of our Sunday messages. For more information, please go to trinitycentral.org. Um, well, thank you. It's, a, it's an honor to, to be here. Um, there's no clock in here. That's dangerous. Um, I'll just use my phone uh, to make sure I stay on time. Well, welcome, everyone, those of you online as well. Uh, I, I'm so honored to be here. This is a, a very unique place. Um, Vancouver is unique, and um, your leadership, uh, this church, uh, the people part of this is unique. Um, I, I w- when I woke up this morning, I felt like God just kind of spoke something to me. I'd just like to share real quick before I communicate the message that I come prepared to give. And, and one of the things that really struck us about Vancouver, this is my first time to Vancouver, uh, both my son and I who's with me, is we just noticed how like green everything is. I mean, these things are growing everywhere. And uh, it's not like that in other parts of the world. Uh, the, where I live, things turn gray really quickly, and you can only grow things in certain seasons. Uh, but the, the growth potential here is, is really rich and unique. And actually, I looked it up a little bit. And in this metro area in Vancouver, you guys supply like 25% of the agriculture for the rest of BC. It's, it's even unique for your part of the world. And, and as I was um, with some of your leaders over these past few days and, and last night and and just seeing really the, the depth and confidence in God with the humility and, and the friendship and the, the genuine love and relationship, what struck me once again was how unique that is and, and the depth that was there. And I really felt like God spoke to me um, something for your church. I think one of the things he wanted me to encourage you with is that you have something unique, that you have an environment uh, for growth, that you have this rich soil that things, I think, can grow really quickly. And, and the brother that came up here, Mark, I believe it was, who, who talked to Rob. Sorry, it sounded like Mark when you said it. Uh, anyway. Um, anyway, I mean, just he talked about getting ready to be uh, equipped. And, and really, that's what I felt t- to say is that, um, you know, Isaiah says it's, it's too small of a thing that it just stays this this, this Jewish thing, it has to expand. It talks about like, you know, therefore uh, lengthen and strengthen uh, your, your tent so that more can come. And I really feel that way. I really do feel in my spirit that, that God is going to begin to stretch you guys in a way because of the heritage that you have. It's, it's unique. Uh, you, have a, you live in a unique part of the world, but man, this is a unique church. It has real depth, and I think things are going to grow, and I think it's amazing. So be encouraged, but also be ready to be stretched and grow and, and jump in and serve. And by the way, speaking of serving, man, I just think it'd be amazing. I, we've done setup and teardown for, for years, and uh, the, the team that's done all this is I came in here at 8 o'clock, and it was nothing like this. I don't know if you guys just show up and think it's like this all the time. If you never watch movies here, it's not always like this. I just think it'd be amazing. Can we thank these guys? Well done. Well done. Man, there's something awesome about serving. You get to see things. You know, in John 2, it says, it talks about the, you know, the, when Jesus turned water into wine. 
It says in, I think it's like verse 8 or 9 or 10, it says that the master of the feast, when he tasted the wine, this is the best wine, said when he tasted the wine, he says he didn't know where it came from. But then it says in parentheses, it says, but the servants knew. And uh, the thing about something like this morning is that everybody gets to enjoy the wine. Everybody gets to enjoy what God's doing in here. But there's something unique that those who serve get to experience is that they get to see the transformational process. They get to see that, that this was once water and now it's wine. And I, I just would encourage you, uh, man, to, if, you're, if you're out serving, to jump in on that because you'll get to experience more. It's not that you, get, you experience less. Oftentimes when we think about serving, it's like, oh, I, I'm going to have to give something up. But you're actually going to experience more. In fact, I talked to Chris... Uh, on the way in who gave me a ride and he was just talking with excitement about what he gets to do this morning and, and turning this all in and so man just want to encourage you uh, to do that well um, I want to talk to you out of first uh, Corinthians uh, 6 if you uh, want to turn there uh, it'll be on the, the the sky Bible up here if you can't uh, if you didn't bring one but um, for the first time I just got to be honest for the first 23 years of my life I was very confused by the whole church scene I just had, did not know for the life of me, like I would come and sit in a meeting like this and people were raising their hands and clapping and singing and I had, it just didn't make any sense to me. I was very confused why people would uh, sing. I was very confused uh, why people would dunk people in water. I was just really, really confused by it uh, because the, the main message that I heard was like, you know, like you, you had to do certain things, like you had to talk a certain way and you had to act a certain way. And, and uh, so it was about what you did and didn't do. So there's a list of things. So it was, you know, you had to go to church twice a week. You couldn't listen to certain kind of music. You couldn't watch certain kinds of, of movies. You know, you couldn't drink beer. You couldn't do any of these things. And uh, there's a list, you know, you had to wear certain bracelets. You had to, I grew up in the 80s and 90s. You, you had to uh, have certain bumper stickers, and like you had to do certain things. In fact, I remember as a teenager being shown um, this this video called uh, JAM, which stands for Jesus and Me, because we love acronyms in the church, right? And so, like, if you want to grow in leadership, just come up with a really good acronym, and you'll get like right to the front. But anyway, and so, but basically, this whole this whole video was about like if you if you listen to too much Journey. Um, you're going to take drugs and maybe kill your parents. And that was like the message. And it was like, what in the world is this? All? So I was just like, man, this, is, this makes no sense to me. Like, basically, people are coming together. They're celebrating the fact that they don't do certain things, and, but they do other things that you're supposed to do. And it just didn't make any sense. Um, but there's this passage that I'm going to show you today that began to help me understand what this is all about. It's in 1 Corinthians 6, 9. It said, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of of God, neither the sexually immoral, nor the adulterers, nor the idolaters, I've mixed those up, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, okay, now I had heard that message, and growing up in the church, every time I heard that, I'm like, well, I'm out. If there is no room for those uh, who are idolaters, or sexually immoral, or greedy, or thieves, if, if there is no room in the kingdom of God for those people, then I'm out, and most of the people I know are out too. But it was the next five words that made all the difference to me. Verse 11, and such were some of you. 
Okay, now this began to make sense to me. Okay, so this wasn't, church wasn't just about some men and women dressed very nicely, coming together, celebrating the fact that they don't do certain bad things, but they do certain good things. There's some weight to this. All of a sudden, I'm saying, this is not what people are doing. People are coming into a room like this and saying, somehow, because of the fracture in my soul, I used to think that money was the thing that did it for me, but now I realize that that's not it. I've repented from that. Now I'm doing something else. Now all of a sudden, men were saying, I had this massive pornography addiction and it wrecked my marriage and wrecked my life and but but now I'm not doing that and now all of a sudden there are people like I was a reviler I don't even know what that is but they reviled stuff and reviling is horrible but now I don't revile anymore and people and so I was like okay this is awesome uh, church was a little bit more messier than I thought it was because people were saying hey look I had these issues and 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 it was a little bit more grittier than I ever would imagine but even then I was going okay now people were were bad ones but now they're they're not bad anymore okay they pulled themselves up by their bootstraps that's great that should be celebrated but that's actually not it either and I just want to explain some things. If, if you're new to church or, or maybe you have just like tons of church background, but you're taught something different than this. Let me try to unpack the, uh, the scriptures for you. Uh, the Bible never celebrates the fact that men or women clean themselves ever. Like that is not what's going on. Because look what happened to the sum of yous. It says you were washed. Now, I went to public school. But I know that, 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 that I just became the passive agent, which means that I did not wash myself. Something washed me. It continues. You were sanctified. Something washed you. Something sanctified you. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. So what this section of Scripture is telling us is that by the unilateral, one-sided act of God, you were made innocent even though you were guilty so now maybe I'm thinking Christianity isn't so much about what I do and what I don't do it's about something that God does so when people are coming together and they're singing songs and they're and they're worshiping and they're and they're getting excited and and raising their hands and a bunch of other seemingly crazy stuff they're not celebrating the fact that they have done something but rather God in his grace has washed them has sanctified them has justified them that while they were once liars and thieves and adulterers and fornicators and men who practice homosexuality and blasphemers and revilers and haters of God while they were yet sinners Christ died for them and they were rejoicing in the fact that God had been merciful to them and here's what I found out that once I got to know them that they still struggled and that was the amazing thing like when you really got to know them they they, they weren't perfect now in fact uh, some of them, not all of them, were, were, were honest about their struggles. And, and here's what I found really fascinating, that the more honest they were about their struggles, it wasn't that they became less confident, less joyful. They became more joyful and they became more confident because now they were living in the mind-boggling reality that the creator of the universe descended to this green and blue planet we call Earth, that he walked a perfect life. And he died in their place for their sins and no longer counts their sins against them. But because they are now building their life upon the performance of Jesus and no longer of the performance of themselves. 
And so their life isn't built upon, here's what I do and don't do. I feel good about myself because I'm a good person. Or I feel good about myself because I don't do these bad things. But their life was being, their foundation was Jesus' performance. And so every time they admitted that they messed up, they didn't get less confident. They became more confident in, the, in their, I'll use this word, confession. Their confession was that my life is built upon what Jesus has done for me me and their confession of sin actually made them more confident, more joyful, more bold, more more everything good. It's like my you know like my daughter um, jo- Josie, she's my youngest, she's 12. And she does not she 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 makes a few dollars here and there. Um, we we give her money for washing the dishes and things like that. But she does not she does not worry about money because she doesn't live. She doesn't eat. She doesn't have shelter based upon her bank account. So she never, she doesn't think like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Because her, the, way, the way that she lives, she doesn't live according to her bank account. Um, she lives according to my bank account. Now, okay, I'm not one of those guys. I mean, I get my shirts from Target. Okay, so like there's nothing, don't, don't think that. But it's just, it's, it, she has confidence though. Because she's not building her life on her, ba- on her bank account. She, 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 she's trusting in, in mine and you and I. We don't, we, don't, we don't live this life based upon what we have. We don't live this life based upon our bank account. We live our life based upon his bank account, what he has done on our behalf. And so that builds joy and confidence. This is our, goth- this is our gospel. This is our good news. The gospel is this. Paul talks about this. If you read, if, if, if you're new to your Bible, Paul uh, was a key leader in the early church, and he wrote all these different letters, and, and we're reading one of them. This is the, the first letter he wrote to the church of Corinth. But if you read other letters to the other churches, you, you pick up on the same concept. So like he told, the, he told the, he wrote a letter to the church in Rome, and he said, like, for all have sinned. So one of the key aspects of the gospel is that we were all once this way. We are all once this way. There, there isn't like the haves and the have-nots. There's just God who's good, and then there's the rest of us who, who aren't. Like there is no like, okay, you know, you're kind of good and you're not kind of good. So we are all once this way. In fact, I love what he says to the church in Ephesus. He says that you were dead in your trespasses and sins. You were dead, right? So you're like you weren't in the, in the doghouse with God. Like you were in the morgue. Like in the doghouse, you might cry out for help. Like, God, help me. God, help me. But what do you do when you're in the morgue? What do you do when you're dead? You can't, you can't save yourself. You can't wash yourself. You, you can't sanctify yourself. You, something has to happen to you. Something outside of you has to save you. And that's what happened. That's the good news. God did something. We sin, God saves. We rebel, God restores. We fail, God fixes. God did something for us outside of us. Paul continues into the Ephesians. He says, but God being rich in mercy... Because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. So what, what's going on here isn't some like religious deal. Like religion, religion loves, it loves to celebrate what it does. It loves to celebrate what it can accomplish. But that's not what we've been called to. We've been called to something else. Even the fact that we believe, Paul continues. He says, for grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, but it is the gift of God. Not a result of works so that no one can boast. 
how do you know like the gospel uh, has really taken root in your heart? Well, here's here's a big clue. You walk with humility. You walk with humility. You walk with humility before God. So, I mean, you just, I mean, worship is on your heart. It's on your mind. You walk, you walk with humility before your fellow man. So you serve and, and, you, and you enjoy it. Um, you give, you, you contribute, you give your life away. In fact, that next verse, it says that you, we've been saved something, but then it talks in Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we are his masterpiece, right? That we are his masterpiece. And that word is a, is a, a word that means poetry, and uh, I, I've not, I've never, I don't know poetry. Uh, I've written a few rap songs in my day, but no poetry. And we, but what, here's what I know about this. Poetry is hard on a page. And, and, God, and that's what God is. You are the creative overflow of God. God, you are his masterpiece. He has uniquely made you to serve and to fit in and to, and to function. And, and so one of the things that the effect of the gospel, God saved us from this from mess, but God has saved us to something. God has saved us to this position of humility. We're, we're not better. We, as, as Christians, we're not better. We're, we're blessed. <laughs> we're more blessed, but we're not, we're not better. God calls us to humbly walk before God and our fellow man and worship. So here's what happens to you. Let me explain the gospel to you. Let me explain to you why people come to church and sing songs. And so if this is all new to you and maybe you're like me, it's like, oh, man, this is, this is crazy. You know, like it is kind of a weird scene when you think about it. People singing songs, raising hands, um, you know, drinking out of very tiny cups. Uh, next week we're going to dunk people in water. I mean, that's kind of weird. And but. What's happening here is we're not celebrating the fact that we have cleaned ourselves up. But here's what we're doing. What is happening is that while we were revilers, while we were drunkards, while we were liars, while we were adulterers, in the middle of all that, the Holy Spirit of God, by the predetermined, weird will of God, whispered to that very dark place of our soul, I love you. I love you. And we were like, me? You can't love me. I'm a liar. You can't, you can't love me. I'm, I'm a drunkard. You can't love me. I'm, I'm addicted to pornography. You, you can't love me. I'm, I'm a religious bigot. But in that moment, when God loves you, when God loves you in that place, in that place of brokenness, that place that you think no one sees, and he speaks to that, you respond with a passion that I will love you and I will pursue you and I will give you everything that I have. So why are people singing? Why are people giving away money? Why are people serving? It's because God has come to that dark place and he has washed. He has sanctified. He has justified. And what the church is, the church is a place where people come together and with great joy. You know, there's this parable Jesus says, what is the kingdom of God? What is it like to come into relationship with Jesus? Here's what it's like. You find something so valuable. You find something so valuable that with joy, you will sell everything. And everything, I mean everything. I mean, your career, your, your finances, your sexuality. There's nothing greater. There's nothing better than his love in your life. And that's what people are doing. That's why we're gathered here. That's what we want to see. That's what we want to spread. 
We're not trying. Our invitation isn't come be like us. That's not our invitation. Our invitation is there's room. There's room at the cross. There's room. Come. It's him. Pursue him. Love him. Experience him. It's something deep. It's something abiding. We celebrate the fact that we're not clean, but while we weren't, he loved us. That's why people all over the world, in Vancouver, in St. Louis, uh, in Mexico City, in Hong Kong, people all over the world are putting on clothes they don't normally wear. And they're going into buildings, and they're worshiping, and they're singing, and they're loving, and they're serving. And they're giving their money away. And they're giving up their time, and they're giving up their, their passions. It's why people, you know, they're online right now. You're not binging Netflix. Why is that? Well, because God has done something. And it's not that we don't sin, but God has saved us from our sin. In fact, it, it humbles you. And I just want to say that, man. I just want to encourage anyone who, who feels like they got to hold on. they got to hide. You don't have to. In fact, it's way better that you don't. 1 John 1 says this. It says, if we, if we have no sin, if we say we have no sin, excuse me, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, let me show you something right here. There's two things that can happen with your sin. You can either confess it or you can be deceived by it. You can either confess it or you can be deceived by it. In other words, that if you don't fight sin, if you don't confess it, if you say that, if, if you, say that you have no sin, and, that's, and the way that you say you have no sin is you don't ever confess sin. That's how you say you have no sin. That what ends up happening is you end up getting deceived by it. And the truth is not in you. So if you don't, if you don't confess it, man, it, it, it gets you. Because, but our confession, I just want to remind you, Christian, our confession isn't that we are better or that we are good or that we have done something to deserve this and we kind of figured a few things out. Our confession is that he is good. Our life is not built upon our performance. Our life is built upon the performance of Jesus. And so I gladly say, man, I, I, I mess up. I sin. I need help. I need Jesus. I don't need me. I don't need religion. I need him. I mean, Paul, we're, we're, we're talking, Paul is the, is the author of this letter at the end of his life to a young man named Timothy. He said, he, he said the same list. He says, hey, don't you know that all, you know, all these people who, who sin and, you know, they don't inherit the kingdom of God. But then he makes this statement in 1 Timothy 1.15. He says, he says, this is a trustworthy statement worthy of our full acceptance. That Christ Jesus came to save sinners. This is a trustworthy statement, worthy of our full acceptance. That Christ Jesus came to save sinners. And then he said this, of whom I am the worst. Now, I don't think Paul was the worst. But I think in light of, because, but the closer he got to Jesus, the more he realized how off he was. And brothers and sisters, the closer we get to Jesus, the more that we realize, man, I, I want to be there, but I'm not there. And we confess that. And that confession does not 
take away our confidence. It doesn't take away our joy. It increases our joy. It increases our confidence. And the other thing is, it increases our witness. Because people, what, what are we calling people to? We're calling people to Jesus. We're not calling people to ourselves. We're not come saying, hey, come be like us. We're saying, I want to tell you about a man. I want to tell you about a man who died on the middle cross. And he died for you. And he loves you. And he wants to save you. And he wants to redeem you. Not only that, he wants to put you into his family. And he wants to give you a part to play. Here's what I know about every person in this room. God has called, has given you a part to play in his kingdom. He has made you uniquely you for a reason. There's, I'll put it this way. There are some people only you can reach. There are only some people that you can love. There are only some people that you can bless because God has made you uniquely you. It's why you're here on earth. To be a blessing to other people. Not because of you, but it's Christ through you. Christ through you, the hope of glory. That's what God wants to do. He doesn't want to... He wants to live inside of you and live through you and bless other people and make a difference. Have you ever asked a question? Have you ever asked this question? Why am I the way I am? Have you ever thought, and maybe it's, about, maybe it's something about you that you actually don't even really like. I've, I've done that. Man, why am I this way? Why am I this way? Here's the cool thing. When you engage in his work in his gospel, you get to find out why you're the way you are. Because you get to step in to his divine design. And even the bad things, even the ugly things, even the things that we wish weren't true about us, God has a way of, 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 of showing you how he's going to redeem even, even the, the dark things that have happened to you or even the dark things that you have done. He has a way of redeeming that. And he begins to show you something new. I mean, this, 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 this life that we get to live in Christ is, is I mean, it's a, it's a total shock to me. My life is a total shock to me. I never would have thought that God, I mean, every day there's someone to love. Every day there's someone to care for. Every day there's someone to bless. And it's all because of what Christ has done. Not anything that I have done, but it's all that what Christ has done for me in my past and what he prepares for me in my future. And that's true for all of us. And that's what he invites us into. He's not inviting us into religion. You know, religion, religious people are like referees. You guys watch sports? They just, you know, they're, they're, they go around and they're not in the game. They don't know the highs and lows of the game. They don't run a play. They don't do anything. All they do is run around, blow their whistle, and tell people when they're wrong. And that's not what God's called you to do. God's called you to get on the field and to play and to participate. And he wants you to participate. And you're going to find freedom in that. And that's what we want to do. I mean, that's why I'm so excited uh, to have you, I mean, to, to partner with this church and, and, and partner together in Confluence is that, man, there's so much to do. There's so much to do in this city. There's so much to do in British Columbia. And there's so much to do in this world. And I'm so excited to partner with you in British Columbia. I'm so excited that you are partnering with us and what we're up to and in, in North America and in other parts of the world. But it's all about how God's wiring. And he is, he's just set this up for us. And I'm so excited. But the last thing in the world that you should sign up for this morning uh, is religion. God has called us to the gospel. Um, 
Here's what I want us to do. There's a, here, why don't we stand? Let's do this. I, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for us. The, yeah, the band can come up. I might be a second, but you guys have strong legs, right? Yeah, come on up. Okay, come on. Can we give the band uh, just a, a round of applause for serving us? The new song was fantastic. I, I just want, I want to pray for those. I want to pray for those who um, are maybe struggling with their place. Maybe, maybe you don't feel like you, you fit in to church. You, you want to. I mean, you see this and you really want to. Um, I just want you to be, I just want to free you from this idea that you have to perform to fit in. God has not called us. You know, sometimes, God, I'll say it this way, God has given you no provision in the flesh to be a Christian. There's no like, hey, look at me, I'm Christianing. Like, the, the, the wonder, the wonder of the Christian life isn't that you begin to act like Jesus. It's the fact that Jesus lives through you. So like Paul, Paul to the church in Galatia, he said this. He says, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And I just want to free you from this idea that you have to be something different. And God knows you. He loves you. And he just wants to, he wants to, he wants to free you from that fear of being found out. Oh man, if only people knew who I was and what I've done, they wouldn't accept me. You know, that is the way the world is. The world accepts us based upon our performance. But God accepts us based upon the performance of Jesus. And what we're trying to do here at Trinity is that we want to treat each other. We don't want to treat each other according to the flesh. Paul says this in a second letter to the, the church in Corinth in, in chapter 5. He says, we no, longer, we no longer treat each other according to the flesh. We once, we once viewed Christ this way. We once viewed Christ according to the flesh. But we are now new creations created in Christ Jesus, which means that we don't treat each other according to our performance. Our, our love and our affection for one another is based upon the performance of Jesus and his love for us and his love through us to each other. So, just believe God would want to relieve you from this idea that you have to perform. He wants to encourage you to, to step out and to be honest about where you're at.
completely loved, completely known, completely accepted. You know, that was one of the things I thought growing up is I thought like, man, even if I wanted the church, I don't think the church wants me. There's a place for you. There's a place for you. Jesus paid the price. He paid the price with his own life. He loves you so much. He's so, he's so proud of you. Sometimes people say, Brian, like, man, I'm trying. I just can't. I'm trying. And, man, I just want to lovingly say, well, that's, that's your problem, is you're trying. Stop trying. My daughter, when she was, I, we still have this picture. common scene she loves spaghetti when you're like one or two years old you eat spaghetti with your hands and, and she would would say Ella you got you got spaghetti in your hands and so then she'd, she'd try to wipe it off and she said so she'd wipe it on her face she'd try to do this and now she had spaghetti in her face and hey now you got spaghetti in your face and then she'd wipe it on your her arms and the more she tried to clean herself up, like the messier she got. She needed someone to wash her. You need someone to wash you. If you've never, if you've never received Jesus, what it means is that you, something outside of you washes you. Something outside of you makes you right. We sang that wonderful song. Jesus is the one who tells me who I am. Our identity come, doesn't come from within. It comes from without. But, but so does our, our, right, our sense of rightness, our sense of, I, sense of self, our sense of I'm okay, that I'm accepted. That doesn't come from you. It comes from God. God wants to do that for you right now. You just come to him. So if that's you, I just want to pray for you. I'll pray for, for those two groups of people. God, I just pray for those. If that's you, just, man, agree in your heart. God, will you wash me? Will you cleanse me? Will you justify? Will you sanctify me? God, I just pray. I thank you that this, for this free gift of, of salvation. It's available to all. For every man, woman, boy, girl in this great city. receive. God, I pray for those who feel on the outside looking in. God, I pray you would give them the, the confidence this isn't about them. It's about, man, I, I don't know if I can be like that. I don't know if I'm that good. I don't know if I'm that excited. I don't know if I'm that extroverted or whatever thing that you put in your mind. And God loved, God made you the way that you are for a reason. He loves you, wants to use you, make you a player in his kingdom. He wants to put so much meaning in your life, you won't know what to do with it. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you're calling people to yourself. I thank you that you are building your church. God, I thank you for the men and women in this church. I thank you for the rich heritage, the leaders, those who've sacrificed so much to get this church started and continue this church. I thank you 
for these days to come. I just want to pray into their future, the equipping, the expansion, the lengthening. God, I just pray you breathe on this church. Yeah. Just God, I pray the gospel yes. would go out. Yes. And to see all these these seeds, these these rich, rich flowers, these. I just see God blowing on these flowers and these seeds just going everywhere. God, may it be. Just receive what the Spirit of God would want to do and just speak to you once again. God, we never would have chosen this. This is your doing. We honor you. We worship you. We love you.